Hello and welcome to Royale Without Cheese, our bi-weekly podcast in which we discuss both the classic and the unknown of Hollywood and foreign cinema from the then and now. We are your hosts, me, Pingal Aydu, Leonardo Miranda. Hey, 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 brah. Hello there, and Tomás Freire. Hey, hey, cowabunga, dudes. That's right. That's Three right. We're filmmakers in an informal dialogue with a film review each episode. As part of our ultimate cowabunga rush, reviews in both English and Portuguese will be available for different listeners. Today's episode will be in English, and we'll be having a go at Catherine Bigelow's Point Break. Portuguese speakers can head to the Portuguese-labeled content section. Don't forget, subscribe, share this episode, or simply give us a like. This our podcast can grow ever groovier. Now sit back and enjoy. Surf's up, bro. Get your surfboard and the fun is on. Point Break is a 1991 American crime action film directed by Catherine Bigelow. It stars Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves, Laurie Petty and Gary Busey. The film's title refers to the surfing term Point Break, where a wave breaks as it hits a point of land jutting out from the coastline. The film features Reeves as an undercover FBI agent, Johnny Utah, who is tasked with investigating the identities of a group of bank robbers who, turns out, are a group of spiritual daredevil California surfers. On their hunt, Johnny develops a complex relationship with the group's leader, Bodhi. Point Break sure sounds like a rad cowabunga dudes, but what does Royale Without Cheese make of it? I really like the film. I know it, I, it shouldn't work. It feels like on paper the film doesn't, it's like stupid. I, I still felt the same thing. It's so ridiculous, the idea. Yeah, yeah, the whole idea is ridiculous. The acting, everybody's doing different things. Yeah. But it, I don't know, it just worked for me. I really felt it. I was super engaged with it all. Yeah, I was engaged as well. Although I have kind of some complaints like with the with the script towards the yeah, end. Yeah. Like really thing things that don't make sense. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> well, that's because that's why I am semi engaged. I wasn't you know, it's much like Better Tomorrow, it's it's not my particular taste of film. It's like um there are things about it that I like, and then things about it that don't really surf with me, you know. So, yeah. no, but mostly I enjoyed it. I think it's it's a fun yeah, film. It is engaging. It's definitely a know. film I will watch more times. Like it'll be on the TV. Uh huh. It'll be keeping me keeping me company, for sure. Cool, cool. Just... It's definitely a film that it stops here for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Maybe one day, you know, I, I saw it late at night, so your perspective, you know, changes, uh, you know, d depending on the time of day. I saw it late at night. I think it's a perfect late night film. Oh, yeah? No, yes. I, sometimes films are better with me in the morning or better with me in the afternoon. Ah, okay, yeah. Depends. No, depends on the mood, um, but I think this depends one on the mood. kind of works. I mean, I, I personally saw it in the morning, just oh. just, just, to just, to, just exchange, you know, just times the, of day. And it was a great no. hour for all the fans who might be watching. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you know what? You know, I think one of the best attributes in the film that he has in uh, connection with the Better Tomorrow, for example, 
um, is the, the bromance. You know, it's amazing. And I think the fact that Patrick Swayze is the villain, it's very interesting. It's not like, you know, it's Alan Rickman. It's Patrick Swayze. You know, he's the total type to be a hero, you know, a kind of macho man hero. But instead, he portrays this villain who is not the kind of villain that you would expect. I mean, his approach, being the leader of a gang, you know, and, you know, he has this this whole... On the one hand, he has this whole dynamic of almost a Bond villain, almost like a, a super villain, you know, kind of kind of heaviness to him, a weight to him of a superhero villain because, you know, he wears a mask, you know, he's one of the ex-presidents, he robs banks, so he, he there's kind of a myth to him already built in the film. Who is this guy? I mean, you know that it's Patrick Swayze. There's no doubt about it. Even when they play that that cliche card of, oh, are the... Are, are the are the bank robbers the other guys? Is yeah, it the Nazi group? I mean, it's not the Nazi group. Come on. I mean, and it's, you know, that's the, one, the, the lesser thing that I liked about the film is the structure. I mean, it's very predictable and I know it already. And it's, I'm not int- that's one of the things that keeps me unengaged at, at, to, a, to a degree. So the thing that keeps me engaged is the fact that Patrick Swayze has the films very interesting because his response, on the other hand, is very unexpected. Is the unpredictable thing, you know? Yes. Has this All he does is thing. it's unexpected. I agree. <laughs> yeah, like his response to finding out that you know his freshly made best friend John Utah is actually an FBI agent, which happens almost like midpoint in the film, is to actually you know what, dudes, I'm not gonna kill him. You know that's what he says to the gang. You know I'm gonna give him the ultimate rush. So you know his response is not to kind of kill him or whatever. Is to get to him. And just do skydiving. <laughs> but, but the thing skydiving. is, it's, like, it's not just skydiving, though. It's, it's not kidnapping his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a point at the end. But yeah, even yeah. then, even when he does it, even when he shows that he does a gruesome thing, he needs to have some kind of speech where he says, you know, this is not my style, man. So I, I need another person to do it. I don't like it. You know, violence is not with me. It's, it's kind of hypocritical and contradictory because, you know, he has dealt with violence before, even if not directly killed someone. You know, he, he is a robber. You know, he he has people at gunpoint. So it's very interesting to see the duality in the character of Patrick Swayze. I think he's a strong, positive point in the film. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you know, I agree with that. Um, but since you're talking about something that really kind of annoyed me with, with the script, because, you know, yeah, that's, that part is unexpected. But in being unexpected, it means that um, Keanu Reeves couldn't just simply get on the plane. Like, like he clearly is going to kill you or drop you off the plane without a parachute. Why do you get on the plane? I didn't feel that. I, I actually, that. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on mic on this end because although there's this whole side of the character of Swayze, I was also thinking, dude, you don't need to go to this plane. You guys, <laughs> you guys, you guys so don't understand. Things. You don't understand. <laughs> no, no, you no, don't no, get no, no. it. There's you, so many things that you can be. You don't get know? it. How much in <laughs> yeah, love he is with Bodhi. He loves this guy. It's like acid in your mouth, yeah. man. You want me to get me so much, you know. He's super enamored with them. Yeah. And he loves it. I mean, the, the whole thing, he's in love with them. And that's, and that's when they're jumping down the, the plane. They they really bond there. In the, I don't know. I really bought it. Yeah, I really but, bought it. But 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 at, but at the time, you already know. And, and there's a tension. Like I understand what you mean, but he's like clearly in a. There's a tension there. He's like, what are these guys gonna do to me? He even says the thing with uh, the whole play with the with the parachutes. I get that. I guess he didn't have to go in going on the plane. Nobody's forcing him. But there's a like he's an FBI agent and he's in love with these guys. He's like the curiosity mm-hmm. of the moment. Like, what are we gonna do? 
Yeah, I but potentially knows. killing him. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I can have a really big rush, but at the risk of perhaps dying. Just I don't know if that it's is. a difficult point. You know, I can understand both both ends of the knife. You know, like I can understand, you know, Lel's you know argument and yours as well. You know, you can't take either side. It's just it comes down to a matter of choice. From what angle do you rather feel or experience the film? You know, yeah, um, yeah of course. So it's uh, yeah, but I, I understand. It's 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 it's. <laughs> I mean, am I going on the plane with these guys? I guess not. But you're not you're a coming with you're me, not you a know? surfer. You're you don't feel of course, it. I'm not a surfer. I'm not within the experience. He, he has been he has been accepted into the into the spirituality. Yeah, and, and and there's a thing also that out of all the sports in the film, <clears throat> surfing is the, is the thing that I, I I care the less. Like perhaps because you know I'm I'm watching this from from the from the point of view of someone who doesn't care for sports <laughs> myself. You now when Miguel said. You know, you come out of this film and you fully want to do surfing, man. And I'm like, I don't want to do that, man. You know, it's because... You want to join I'm, the FBI I'm, and do organizational work. Yeah, man. That's, that's, that's my that's my I want to be in the office. Point. I want to be in the office. I, I want to do paperwork, man. Yeah. Paperwork. Yeah. I want to be busted around by Gary Busey. Gary Busey doing the surfing. No, no, by, by John C. McGinley. Oh, exactly. McGinley. Yeah. Oh, he's great. True. He's the uptight guy. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't. I think the surfing is shot very beautifully in this film. Just the opening scene, uh, in contraposition with this guy who is in law enforcement, Johnny Utah, getting his five star rating or whatever in, in the gun range, is interesting because you know you have this play with the gun range at the beginning of the film, feeling like a sport itself, you know, uh, and the hunt of the criminals feeling like it's a sport itself. And you have these very uptight guys in law enforcement in, in the FBI, in contra, in counterpoint to um, these guys in surfing sports who are completely anti-system, completely you know the anti-capitalism you know uh, guys. So th that's an interesting dynamic in the film um, and how they relate. But uh, there you know uh, there are a lot of things that you know you can raise problems with the film in terms of narrative. Just uh, the raids to the guys in yeah that scene is yeah. I really don't like it. Okay, uh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, we all agree yeah, that that we scene is ridiculous. That. It, it feels like a sim. It feels, but it it does feel like a symptom of how the Americans deal with like crime. <laughs> I think because oh, like, shoot it up, man. It shoot it up everywhere. Let's take the gun out. Yeah, it's both like, sides. I'm gonna do just just headshots a guy, and then he, then he talks about it after. You know, I had to kill that guy. Like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's traumatizing. Yeah. And they're fighting a woman naked in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. like... I think the film. Yeah, it really loses me there it, it, a little bit. It does. Bit. You know, it. I does. You know. Like Wu, it does make me wonder, is he aware of the silliness of this, of, of how law enforcement sometimes it's a little bit, with their gun usage, is a little bit, you know, goes a little bit overboard, or is is he, is she, or, or is Catherine Bigelow not aware of this? And James Cameron. I don't know. You know and James Cameron, <laughs> who was, at the time, her husband. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, and they um, did rewrites. They, most, they, they said they mostly reshaped the script a little bit to make the story tighter. So I guess uh, they are to blame <laughs> in, in that <laughs> yeah. scene because it's it comes right after he, he has this like transcendental moment with the surfers and he wakes up in the beach. He's like, oh, my God, I'm late. Then he wake, then he gets up and goes to the raid and suddenly he's like, there's just a, a, a contract of a contrast with, with the previous scene with this one, the raid. It's, it's really... 
And why do these guys get so get so um, rattled up with just a guy that seems yeah. to be looking for a dog? Because that's the whole point in the beginning. He's just looking for a dog, and the guys have no reason to be that suspecting. But they they get the guns like they're gonna kill him oh, for yeah. searching yeah, a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird. I'm gonna shoot these guys, man. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so... I, I, the, the one thing I <laughs> like in it... And Gary Busey is so funny when he enters, because he's like, where's my dog, where's my dog? The FBI, get the FBI! <laughs> <laughs> they just shoot him. It's so funny. That's the oh best. <laughs> <laughs> FBI, honey, get the hell out of here. Yeah, FBI, get the fuck out. <laughs> That's the best thing. Also, I mean, in the midst of it all, the silliness of it, and fighting the naked lady in the bathroom, and the whole way that this this gang reacts to Gary Busey at the door. The, the interesting thing is the lawnmower getting in in the radio. They can't listen to him. It's so silly. Like, oh, I can hear him. It's the lawnmower. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. It's so important. It's a small little thing. <laughs> but the, the lawnmower comes back and really yeah. tenses up the yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, but it does get, you know, it does get attention. Of, I don't want Gary Busey to die, you know, but of then he's further up in the film. He does die. So, um, right. Which is another thing that make that, that seems a bit like forced because would these two guys really go to that airport alone and like, and one gets killed. It's so, it seems so unnecessary how these things sometimes turn out for, for these characters. I mean, Gary Busey's character is predictable. If if they had backup, you he, he wouldn't have died. It just yeah, that's the problem. They're doing everything so mostly. It feels like they're kind of incompetent. Like, I don't believe at the end that that Johnny Utah would would remain a, a cop. That he wouldn't fire him. <laughs> I was a bit surprised that he keeps get, keeps on the mission and he and he has the backup. You know, I believe more that he keeps up after these guys because of this quasi love with yeah yeah. I think Bodhi that's the point. And finding the spiritualism. But I have problems with, you know, I don't believe the, the love interest. I don't believe the, the relationship. It's like, uh, I'm sorry. Like, you, you, I don't get why he's so frustrated with this girl and finding her out, like, you changed my life. Also because this comes at, uh, also comes from, I don't believe it because Keanu Reeves is, a, you know, it's not a great actor. <laughs> so it's like, I don't nah, believe. Nah, 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 nah. I don't believe he's. I highly he's disagree with. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't believe. I'm sorry. I, I have problems with Keanu. Keanu, Keanu is a fantastic, fantastic. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! Oh, I just can't you, get you it. You just don't get Keanu. You don't get. I, you I either can't... get it or you don't. It's like Shyamalan. You don't get Shyamalan. It's like you don't get Keanu. The thing is, that's a very interesting comparison. We'll talk about it. But uh, I don't like Keanu. I only like you know. I like Keanu Reeves. It's like an ingredient that you apply to certain films. And there, in certain films, it works. I like him in The Matrix very much. He's very robotic. I like him in John Wick very much. He's very robotic. <laughs> I don't like him in Point Break that much. You know, it's, it's like, I, I think it demands from him a certain kind of emotion. Because it's a very silly plot film. And for me to believe this guy going for this girl to the very end of the film... I mean, I need a guy that can act, you know, and I, I'm not believing the, the, the love that he feels for this love, for this, for this ghost. Like, I discovered with this something I Just never felt before. let her die. I'm girl. not a good actor. I'm going to let her die. No, not let her die, but it's not the let her die, it's, it's not the let her die end of the scenario. It's the, you changed my life completely. I've never seen a person like you. Who is she? I mean, he, he talked to a server. He's like, I don't know. It's, He's it's in love. Let the man be in love. 
I guess it's sad. I don't know. I, I, it's it's the kind of thing that makes me feel a better actor. Would, he works uh, in the film because he's he's got his like dumb guy demeanor. He's got a dumb guy <laughs> acting, and uh-huh. it functions. He's like, this, "Whoa, man!" You, you, I really buy that he would like fall in love not just with the woman but with Bodhi and the the whole lifestyle because he's he's Johnny Utah, man. Okay, fair. Even his name is his name Johnny is perfect. Utah. You know, this guy used to be a football star and then becomes the office guy, you know, just all oh, of course he's gonna be interested in the the surfer gang. Yeah, and by the end it's not about the job, it's about Bodie. That's why he lets him go, you know, like the ride is that's all. I will say that the last line the he's not coming back that <laughs> nah, yeah, it's a bit too much i thought so and 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 him dropping the the badge seems a bit too much as well oh, dropping the badge it's like what the fuck i really didn't like that choice you know it's just uh you come out of the film with a sword tasting your mouth out of that that's what i felt like why are, why why to that extreme i mean it makes sense i i the badge didn't bother you think it does? it's either the badge or he's not coming back but the two of them one after the other is a bit. I think the badge makes sense, of course. Like this again, it wasn't about the badge. It was about Bodhi. It's about the lifestyle. <laughs> the Bodhi. It's about the lifestyle. You. I mean, he does get there to find him and to nail him down. He brings the whole. This time, he brings the whole team. You know. Yeah, but then he lets him go. Then he lets him go because he. He schmoozes him. You know, I want to take the ultimate ride. Oh, yeah, remember me. You want to do that. Okay. Like, you already knew he was there for that, for that purpose. So, I don't know. It's like... Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. It's a bit disjointed, you know. Uh, like, the film remembers these things bit by bit, pace by pace. And it's just, sometimes it just doesn't add up to me. Um, I don't see the decision to throw up, you know, throw, you know, the, the badge, you know, to the ocean, like a big thing, like it needed to happen. Um, what do you think of... No, the one interesting thing about the film that I would like to ask you is that I do find it very interesting that you have this female perspective on this male bromance. You know, you have Catherine Bigelow in this very male-induced environment. What do you think of that? You know, I think it's very interesting that um, she gets this down so perfectly, you know, these two guys. No, yeah, it's interesting because... Um... You know, she she does often female uh, leads with Zero Dark Thirty. Um, not so much the Heart Locker, actually. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't uh, say often, you know. Yeah, maybe not often. Uh, maybe like 50-50. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, in this one, it's just men. Um, what was your question? <laughs> no, just from my perspective, it, uh, on a very male-induced, you know, environment, film, storyline... The relationships in it. I think she, you know, normally in these films you would have a Michael Bay, like in Bad Boys or something like that, <laughs> you know, in an action film. Do you have, thought, no. We were talking about John Woo and Michael Mann. They also do similar things to this, the bromance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think. No, but, no, precisely. You know, for, for an action film, you, know, you normally have an, a male film director, as you mostly have male directors. It's fresh to see a, a female director doing an action film, I think. I'm not, a, I I'm not, a, I'm not like. There's a clear distinction between men and women. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Like no, I, if you told I'm me, I'm not saying was, there's a clear distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. I'm not. Ta- I'm not saying it. that you're saying yeah. that. I'm just saying if you told me, like if you had to guess, was this directed by a man or a woman? 
Like you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Probably wouldn't know of because course. it's also it's a very masculine film I'm in terms of I'm noticing everything. it more because of a, log- a logistical standpoint. You know, like most most you know of these kind of films are directed by yeah, male yeah, directors, exactly. and most you know have a lot of films with male directors. And here you have a film that you don't see often with a female director doing it. You know, so that's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, I mean, Catherine, like she's a She's a, I don't know how I approach her. I'm not too familiar with her work. She seems to me more of a, like a crafts man, craftswoman uh-huh. in terms of the way she approaches directing. You know, Miguel seems to be the connoisseur more of, of, of her, I, I feel like he has seen more films of her. Yeah, I've seen The Hurt Locker as well and, and Zero Dark Thirty. Um, yeah, I mean, I think she's really efficient. <laughs> like, um, I mean, directing-wise, I think she has very interesting choices with the Heart Locker. Um, you know, the sort of film that she creates and the story itself, you know, what, what the situation that is being told. Um, and she does it very well. Um, and Zero Dark Thirty as well. I mean, it, it could have been a very difficult film to make, but I think everything is there. Um, yeah, it happens that she does these sort of war-related um scenarios or, um, as you said, masculine-driven worlds. Um, but really, I think it just uh, it just happens to be in that direction. It doesn't necessarily need to represent anything more than that. Um, ultimately, I just think she does very, very solid work. Um, and I think she does it here as well. I mean, the main faults I have with the film are, with Point Break, are, are script-wise. Script, yeah, me too. Because directing-wise, I think it's very... Oh, directing-wise, it's very, very yeah. good. I mean, there are some beautiful images, I think, even. Yeah. They're yeah. surfing. That beginning you know, with the cross-cutting, with them surfing and with the Keanu Reeves in the rain, very, again, very physical. You really feel that, uh, the, the physical attributes of the film. I, I love that beginning. It really and immediately creates the connection between them that is to come later in the film. And she does it with purely through the physical nature of both actions and uh, how there's a similarity almost in it. Him rolling, rolling around in the water, in the rain, shooting the targets and them, you know, surfing. <laughs> and then that meme. Uh, with, uh, with, uh, <laughs> I am um, an FBI. FBI <laughs> No, also in terms of the, the directing, I think one of the, one of the things I was most impressed with was the way she uses what I think is the steady cam. You know, there is this huge, long uh, chase sequence on foot between uh, Johnny Wood, Utah and, and Bodie once he once Johnny catches him robbing a bank. Uh, I mean, again, another mistake, silly mistake of script. These guys are not backed up. And then they're like, give me two hot dogs, two hot dogs. And he goes out for hot dogs, comes in, they completely miss the robbers. They're already on the that's fleet. Not a, how is that a mistake of the script? That's obviously intentional. It's obviously that it's just you know it's like I mean you are working on this for months and, and you let yourself. But like be... the whole point is that they are bad and the McKingley McGingley or whatever he's always telling me stop fucking around man he's like he's always screaming at them because they're. I guess awful. I need to accept that they're bad. You know, one is a rookie, one, the other is a you know an old kind of uninterested. And even cop. the beginning is like. The way they meet, the Gary Busey is blindfolded and it's complaining that they are putting with some rookie, doesn't know shit. You know, like, I think that's very intentional in the film. Two that they are coming up. 
yeah, they're they're <laughs> they're sort of outsiders in the whole FBI thing. I may have judged that scene with the, him getting on the plane too much because I'm forgetting how how incompetent they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah. even then, like it, there there's still I mean, the moments whole, where you uh, you whole... can ask for help at least. But you know. yeah, and but the whole conspiracy thing that he presents, like the theory he has for Johnny, is like his butts. He he is <laughs> you know it's 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 on the he finds out who the robbers out are of this bank robbery kind of sequence thing <laughs> on the basis of a butt right. shot. <laughs> like he sees his, his tan on the butt shot and he sees like the brie from his skin that comes from the wax or the you know that they use on surfboards and it's like they are surfers They're what? Surfers. <laughs> it's, like... it's also the time frame don't don't mischaracterize the uh-huh. the time frame they only do it during the summer in LA, LA. Right, yeah, I mean right, yeah. I, you know I'll forgive the the, the butt shot scene because because when it appeared in the bank high scene, I, I thought it was funny and well done. Uh-huh. Okay. And well shot, actually well framed. So, nice uh, so yeah. Okay. A nice butt shot. Like you never had. <laughs> like a procedure. No, because I think it's well framed. I mean, the, uh, whatever. I'm not going to go <laughs> in here. <laughs> Come on, Michael. Say it. The, 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 Why did you think aesthetic, it was well framed? It's very, uh, the aesthetic beauty of the butt shot. Yeah, aesthetic. That thank you on the book. But uh, yeah, I mean, aesthetically speaking, going back to that chase sequence, I think you know it's surprising how long this that 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 the chase sequence takes on foot. And the thing, the fact that the handheld is not um, a greedy handheld, it's not a a shaky, very guttural handheld sequence. You really feel like you're floating with the characters in point of view. You have the point of view of Johnny Huta as he's chasing. Uh, Bodhi, and you have you have this back shot of Bodhi going through you know backyards, in and out of houses, in and out of like these wide uh, and tight places, and you and you're just floating with them. It's amazing, and and the length in which you know she goes after the characters with no sound, little music, or just t- little tones of it, undertones of music, uh, until it cuts. You know she just chases them and lingers on the characters and you really feel like you are sustaining with their breeding uh after one another and trying to you know Bodhi trying to get away from Utah Utah after Brody and I, and the fact that she goes on and on with this chase uh was a very interesting thing she never cuts back to Gary Busey she never cuts back to the other gang members it's just them it's about these guys you know chasing one another so it's, it's almost like it's um the lingering on it becomes something of a comment on their fixation. Well, on especially Utah and Bowden, the, the fixation on them. Um, yeah, it's it's a very interesting, well shot thing. And the way also, you know, we have that beginning. You know, this goes back the way he uses steady cam. It's very hypnotic. It's very engrossing because he has that smoothness to it. You feel like you're flirting with the characters. And it goes back to that beginning sequence where Utah is being introduced to the police station by the boss. And you have these quick pans like I've never seen a director do. Or, you know, she, she, she's doing this tracking, this tracking shot around the boss and um, uh, the police station boss and Johnny Utah, him introducing him to the station and all, you know, his workplace. And you just have this, this lingering long shot, you know, on him going around the place. And you really feel the three-dimensionality of the place because she, the blocking consists of her tracking these two people, Utah and his boss. But also she gets, in the middle of them, she gets these other extras, these kind of background artists, you know, characters uh, in between her, you know, the camera and them, you know. So you feel like the whole 
space, you feel like the whole ambience of the space and you really feel like you're in it, you're in the speech, you're in the action, you're really trying to figure out how does this work environment works and it really engrosses you in the action and dynamic of uh, like a, a FBI squad really and uh, the, the way she uses quick pants, uh, it really has a, a dynamic of an action film in something that is nothing to do with action, it's just a guy being introduced to a workplace. Yeah, and I was going to mention that scene as well, it's very seamless. Yeah. And I mean, and I think the the skydiving scenes are also extremely well shot. I mean, I was actually surprised at how realistic everything looks, and how in the in the in the place in the moment it's it's shot. Um, because I wasn't expecting a film from nineteen ninety one to so effectively. Again, it's it goes to show what I, what I meant before with Patrick Swayze did real with her efficiency at film. shooting scenes. <clears throat> Actually, yeah, yeah. I assumed everybody had done like because it looked so like even like yeah, the too, the, the insert that, shots um, of Keanu Reeves they looked so real. I I assumed he was there too, but I th- it was just Swayze. But yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, the others might be doubles, but Swayze. You know, there's one certain. shot that uh, I know I, I heard behind the scenes where the camera operator was really proud of it, which is that that moment when Bodhi. Well, they are on the plane. It's a threat sequence. Right afterwards, you have the the reveal that you know Tyler is kidnapped, and there's that moment when Bodhi says goodbye and throws himself out of the plane. That's real. That's Patrick Swayze going away, and there's that lingering shot of seeing him, you know, going down, and uh, that's really interesting. That there's this one moment where they all lock together in a circle. That was actually filmed not on the air. That was on land. You know, they had five cranes for each actor. You know, they were just like like this, you know, um, and they had the, one of the ca- the camera just on the ground. You know, there was the each crane for each actor, and then they had the camera on the crane pointing up. So you literally, it's movie magic. You see the sky, you see them. There must have some kind of you know blower, you know, doing the the hair thing, you know. So so it seems like they're falling down. So that's very interesting when they don't have to go to those extremes to pull off such things. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but doing doing it seamlessly, it's the it's the difficult part, and putting all together the different shots into the yeah, whole exactly. scene. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so there's something to be said, you know. You that's Catherine Bigelow for you, man. You have Tom Cruise doing these you know, stunts himself and trying to capture in action, but at the same time, you don't have to risk your life to make cinema. The 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 prowess of cinema is also to make things without for real, you know. That's the magic. So, but I mean, yes, but at the same time, he he does do. Great scenes, and I mean, what what that scene you're mentioning in Mission Impossible, he does it in one in one take. So, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, the Fallout shot, one so it's, is insane. It's awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, of course, of course, not to discredit Tom Cruise. Please, Tom, kill yourself. You know? It's just you don't have to. <laughs> but you don't have to, yeah. in that case, he had to because of what the conception of the scene was. I understand it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, also I to mean, go back to the chasing. The way it ends, it's like very iconic with uh, him shooting the gun up into the <laughs> yeah. air. I always remember Hot Fuzz because I, you know, I I met this film through Hot Fuzz. Yeah, have you never shot a gun, you know, uh, into the air and gone ah? No, I have never shot a gun into the air and gone ah. <laughs> so it's very funny. Uh, yeah, and uh, the, even the shot of uh, of his blue eyes behind the Reagan mask, and it's very, very striking. It's a great great moment between them two. And the other guy do, doing the Nixon impersonations. Uh, yeah, there's some very reason good. I, I was really laughing at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I was very impressed with, you know, I had this idea. This was the first film I saw with Patrick Swayze. I have to admit, I have never seen Dirty Dancing or Whoa. Roadhouse. Whoa. Uh, you know, they have never attracted me. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know? Dirty Dancing is good. Roadhouse, I haven't seen. I don't know. Uh, but um, so I, I had this idea of this very, you know, goody goody action hero. So to see him doing, this, when he puts on that mask, he really looks scary, you know, because he has a very grave you know, deep voice. Uh, so um, it's interesting to see him playing the bad guy. You know, he can pull it off. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you will be put down on the ground. Don't make a move. We're going to rob your bank. <laughs> two minutes of your life. Yeah. Actually, I had the same idea about him. Um, even even so much as thinking that he wasn't that good of an actor. <laughs> but he, he, mm-hmm. he does he does good job, I think. Yeah. She's the most, you know, interesting point in the film for me. I, think, I I like all the actors here pretty much. For me, it's tied between him and Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey is cool. I you know. His teeth fascinate me, man. His his mouth. It, the scene of him <laughs> yeah. explaining his uh, his theory about the. Um... And then he jumps on the desk. Yeah, <laughs> that whole scene is awesome. Like the the dynamic between them. Even Keanu Reeves in that scene is good. Like. That's some acting. He's doing good acting there. <laughs> He's eating, like eating the thing. You're, oh, really? Mm, all right. Like, because mm. he doesn't have to talk much, so it's great. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really like so. that scene. It's really. I good. think he's a good actor, man. Have you seen Speed? He's great in Speed. I haven't seen Speed, and it's with Dennis Hopper. You know, has the villain, which I like. Yeah. And, and, then, and, you have, he, and then you have Speed Two, uh, Cruise Control, or whatever it is, which is with Willem Dafoe has the villain. Uh, that I want. I haven't seen. But I mean, in, in the first speed, it's um, it's clearly a different character. He's much, much like mean and and yeah, mm-hmm. and he does that well. I mean, I think he, I mean, he's just just a good actor, man. Just yeah, let him be, Keanu. Man. I let him be. I let him he's, be. I he like has him. His, yeah, he's a weird actor, but it, that doesn't mean it's not good. I like, I like what he brings. I like him in certain films. He just didn't work for me in this. He he works for me in this film in certain moments. I'll do admit, you know, because he has that demeanor of the cowbanga did in the way he uses. But sometimes, you know, it doesn't really like. At one point, they are cutting hair on the beach. To that's something in your hair, bra. Yeah, I don't believe it because it's it's that scene comprised of you know. How, how is that the scene you don't believe? That's when he's the most the cowabunga. Dude. Yeah, it, exactly. It should be right. It should be. But the thing is, um, because it it really depends on him selling the idea of oh I'm a surfer dude too, and then I turn into the cop. There's this scene where he cuts the hair, and then he is all uh, and then he becomes serious, like when he makes a turn and leaves the person. I don't believe the change. I don't believe the twist because he's kind of Reeves. He's constantly in that zone of cowabunga, dude. I'm like this. I'm relaxed. So you know. Um, there's no change. When he's a cop, he is a surfer. When he's a surfer, he's a surfer. He's already a surfer. He's already in a very relaxed demeanor, very inward. So, you know, I'm sorry. Like in certain movies, in certain movies, he works entirely for me, like The Matrix. In this film, he only works at certain moments. You know, like when he is on the surfboard learning the lesson for the first time, or when he when he makes the story, when when he comes up to Tyler for the first time in the bar and starts telling that story of his parents also dying. I thought he was decent. Like I believe him. The camera pushes in on him. You know, when the character is acting, you think he's a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. But th- th- that's what's happening there. What do you mean? I mean, he's literally <laughs> acting like that didn't happen. Like he's lying to her. Oh yeah, the story yeah, he's making yeah. up. He's exactly. being an actor. He's acting up. Yeah. 
the good actor when he's an actor. <laughs> I guess you know, but but the thing, the thing actor's is, ass. see, 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 like we're we're just talking about a scene just before where, in character, he was acting when he was like on the beach cutting mm -hmm. hair to another guy. He was pretending to be a surfer, like you know, a, a pot surfer like the other guy, and then he changes back into the FBI. He didn't work there for me, but he I worked guess. in the other scene with Tyler, so. But one is a more challenging acting. The other is like goofy. Ooh, it's a comic scene, you know. It's like yeah, exactly, exactly. I guess. I think for me, when he works the least is it's when he's on the with Gary Busey looking at that car that was found, and they're on the top of the hill, and he does this sort of burst, like pushing him him to to be motivated. Mm -hmm. I think there he was a bit like wooden and. Uh, and I think a bit the, the writing contained. also doesn't help there. Yeah, it doesn't because help. the way it develops is very, it's very forced. Yeah, it's the thing with Keanu. I think it's like when the when the writing is not on point for him, for him as an actor. Like there are actors where you can write anything and they'll make it work. Gary Busey clearly here kind of makes everything work. Keanu is not that type of actor. He's like uh, when the writing isn't on point, you notice that he's doing some straining to make the lines work. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's, a he's not a fantastic, you know, actor, but I, I think his demeanor and his presence works in his film and most films I've seen of him. And the thing is, Catherine Bigelow had to fight the studio to get uh, Keanu as an action hero because he wasn't before this film. He was mainly tied to romantic uh, type roles or leading roles, you know. So um, it is interesting to to think that the Keanu Reeves that we know today of the Matrix of the John Wick action hero. Is a you know is the Keanu that started here in Point Break? That's that's his breakout role in a you know an action. Yeah, basically, Catherine Bigelow is what made Keanu. His breakout role as an action star started with Point Break. It's fun to think it that way. The, the Keanu we know today as the John Wick, as the you know Matrix guy, started there. You know, with Catherine Bigelow. And I think I mean as long as we're talking about her. Um... She does really well, um, like long uh, lens shots. I don't know if you've noticed this. Uh, I think it's really obvious in the Hurt Locker because the characters are usually very far away doing the, the dismantling of the bomb. And it's very clever using the long lens there. Um, but I think here she does it also um, several times. Um, and it's always very, very, very well, well built. Um, just a very, it's not a type of shot I'm usually attracted to, but I think she does it very consistently. Um, usually with perspectives of Gary Busey looking at Keanu from the far, from far away. Um, <laughs> you but, surfing scenes, yeah. You know, you surfing me. scenes as well. Yeah. You know, remember me of that scene where Keanu almost gets beat up by the by the Nazi gang, and then when he leaves with Bodhi, that saves him. Ah, that scene. <laughs> And Gary Busey is like all nervous trying to figure the out what happened. improvisation is great. Yeah, and he improvised. Did you see a little kid? You know, no, no, I don't think he was nervous. I think he was perfect. Like a perfect... No, no, no. Not, not nervous the actor. He was uh, nervous because he was concerned with his partner. You know, he was ah, trying to figure yeah, out what happened. Yeah, he's like running there. Then he sees him in Bodhi. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I think in the... Uh, I was like, what is he going to say? How is he going to get out of this? It's like very... It was pretty well improvised pretty good, the way yeah. they wrapped things up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it made uh, Bodhi respect... Johnny more because of the you like to stir shit up don't you yeah it's pretty cool also i really like john c mcgingley and this mckingley you bother me 
he's just he's great at like this the mad uh it's like the mark Wahlberg in the departed like the the, the guy who's mad at the, everybody in the in the fucking <laughs> district <laughs> turning yeah. thing it just works yeah. yeah you have all these actors in different registers you have the the recently you know deceased actor you know um i don't know his name you know he he played the the other undercover policeman in the, ah yeah tom the tom sizemore yeah 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 that's true ah, <laughs> I mean, tom that was sizemore a, yeah yeah that was the funny thing about the the house thing out of everything in that scene I mean that that's that was the funny thing to me that there's this other undercover guy. You think I like this hair? Tattoo? You think I like this hair? My wife that's wants an me to even be more dumber dumb. aspect of it. I mean, how do they not inform it's funny, guys that there's? You know, it is, Actually, you think that's that happens? Like where sometimes, like these police departments and the, the FBI and the, the they don't like funny. they can't communicate <laughs> these types of things sometimes, like because. Yeah. It just doesn't a, a work. A movie should be made entirely on the. But then, in that case, why why do they get all annoyed? Like they they like yeah, they could that's have been known. Yeah, exactly. That's but, yeah. but that scene, that's yeah. that makes it even more annoying because then it's like pointless. Why what? Why was this all about? Like it's just a worthless scene because it leads to nothing really. Yeah. And and, and it's already built upon. It's already built upon. Uh, you know, kind of. Um, how should I say this? Um, <laughs> I'm just it's, remembering it's, it's, Gary, Gary Busey shooting the guy. Yeah. And then just saying that's going to look bad on my record. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> just shot. That's what you're concerned about. It's like, <laughs> it's going to look bad on my record. <laughs> without this it's like, uh, <laughs> I, I hate doing that. I hate shooting guys in the head. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> It's like uh, you know, I was saying; it's already built upon something that, that you know it's bait. You know it's not going to work. That boat is actually the the real culprit. So yeah, I don't yeah know. exactly. And I think it's like I don't think the film is trying. I didn't get that from the film that it's trying to trick us into thinking it's not him. It seems so like, and if everybody knows, it's pretty obvious. I mean, look at the poster. You know, like we know it's yeah. Patrick Swayze. It's got to be. But in so spending all this like. I don't know how long the scene is, like 10 minutes maybe, with something that we know it's not anything. It's just annoying. We don't need those gangster Nazi yeah. fellows in the film. It's just filler. It, it, it doesn't need to happen. It's just a narrative device for failure, yeah. which I get it's important for making the department even less trustworthy of Gary Busey and Keanu Reeves. Like yeah. they, These guys suck, but it could have been a different way. It could even, yeah. you know, it could have even been related to to Bodhi. You know, yeah. that would make it more interesting. Now it's yeah, just these right. random guys. Who cares? Yeah, sad. But yeah, but still, strong film. I I like it. It's a good Sunday Sunday afternoon film. Sunday night, put it on the TV. You don't have to pay full attention to it. You can, you know. If you need mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom, you don't need to pause it. You can just go and come back. You'll you'll be filled. Or you can or you can go to the bathroom in the shootout scene. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. When you see uh Keanu Reeves wake up from the beach and you say, Oh, I'm I'm late, I'm late, you rage. can go just go make <laughs> something, go make some food. Yeah. This is our this is our recommended pause moment, by the way. You don't have to watch films, really. You don't, you don't have, have to watch, watch. all of it. <laughs> 
I just I need to come back to this because like the premise of the film, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yet she makes it work. Yeah, I think that's that's mm-hmm. the highest praise you can give her. She mm-hmm. she makes this ridiculous thing about bank robbers being surfers and paying this endless summer yeah. <laughs> journeys with the money that they make from the robberies into something believable and, and kind of. Yeah, okay. There, they can rob banks and surf, and and he and he and he gets himself into that. I mean, Makes sense. Also, you know, also because it's, it's goddamn Catherine, goddamn. It's her has a a director and her has a screenwriter. You know, there's a logic to the idea where you can understand that these type of fellows would go to this type of extreme. You know, within their spiritualism and Bodhi, with like a a short name from. It stands from the Hinduism. So the ideas lock together pretty neatly and well. So uh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you can buy into it really yeah, easily. Exactly. It does look, it's that kind of stuff that if told in a conversation, there's a film about this, you'd be like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, and, and in pitching it also. Think, it's yes, like, yes, yes, how yes, do like, you uh, green light this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, I mean, um, yeah, that's where Cameron yeah. comes in handy. James Cameron, like having the, yeah, the, you know, I don't the background know how, behind. How known was James Cameron at the time? I mean, Had he made Aliens? The Terminator, already? Aliens. Already, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This mm-hmm. is ninety-one. Okay, I always think that Terminator is ninety-one or ninety. It's eighty-four. It's eighty-four. Whoosh. Okay. Eighty-four is Terminator. <laughs> no, because Terminator Two is in the nineties, I think. Yeah. That's all for today, folks. If you'd like to reach out and suggest a film for the next episode, you can find us on the podcast, official Instagram, Facebook pages, LinkedIn, YouTube, Spotify, whatever. Don't forget to subscribe, share this episode, or simply give us a like. That's how our podcast can grow ever more groovy. Groovy. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. See you next time. See you on the other side of the tide, dude. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Cowabunga, man.